This is the Author Archive podcast. This episode is about archaeology. It's about history. Professor Ken Dark is an archaeologist with a particular interest. Which is your area, Ken? I work on the uh, Roman Empire and the immediate aftermath of the Roman Empire. So from the start of the first millennium AD until the beginning of what one might call the Middle Ages, in effect, the end of the first millennium AD. And your new book is called? My new book is um, Archaeology of Jesus's Nazareth, is a version of my results from a decade of archaeological work in and around Nazareth, the first archaeological work that has taken place using modern methods in the historic centre of the contemporary city of Nazareth and the only archaeological work to integrate work in the centre of Nazareth with that in the adjacent valley, which would have contained the agricultural hinterland of the ancient settlement in which uh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph lived. Now, does this mean you're a biblical archaeologist, Ken? Absolutely not. (laughs) What I went to work on, to study, if you will, in Nazareth, was the origins of the place of Nazareth as a pilgrimage centre in the late Roman and what we call the Byzantine, that is to say, immediately post-Roman period. And so what I was trying to do was to trace the emergence of that pilgrimage centre against its late Roman background and see what effect it had on local people, whether they became richer, poorer, more cosmopolitan, more Christian. And in the course of doing that, To my great surprise, I found evidence of first century Nazareth and its hinterland. That wasn't what I was looking for. And in fact, I used to joke, oh, well, maybe I'll find something to do with Jesus. And then we had first century evidence all over the place from the time that Jesus lived in Nazareth. Okay, so so, um, let let me just ask you a damn fool journalistic question. So you're going to see what is there and you find the echo of the place as it was in the time of Jesus and Jesus growing up. So what can this be? What's left? What did you find? What we found, and I obviously was working with a team of archaeologists who I directed and undertook the various um, activities of modern archaeology for me. But what we found was pottery and stone objects and glass objects, all fragmented. And those strewn in modern fields, turned up by the plough in the valley north of Nazareth, but in clusters that indicated where settlements, places people lived, had um, once been. And from dating um, the different types of objects that we found, 
we can tell when those people lived there and from the range of different types of objects we could tell um, what sort of things they were doing there and in practice that meant that we could identify more than 20 previously unknown farms from Jesus's time in the valley north of modern Nazareth. So at that time, 2,000 years ago, what sort of place was Nazareth? Was it a centre for farming? Was it a centre for trade? Was there any manufacture? What was it? Well, very little was known about Nazareth in the first century when we started work. Um, now we know a great amount about it. We can know it was an agricultural village, an agricultural village where crops were not just grown, but processed and um, wine and olive oil was made. Almost certainly uh, a centre for bringing agricultural products to be processed from the surrounding country, from those 20 plus farms that I was just talking about. And Nazareth itself was a community of a greater size than the individual farms, but not a town, not a big place, perhaps a large village, but a place in which you could find the services, craftsmen such as blacksmiths or carpenters, for example, or stone workers that uh, served that rural community. And that was really not known. And the greatest surprise was that a particular emphasis in the economy of Nazareth in the first century and probably later in the Roman period was uh, stoneworking, particularly the quarrying of blocks of stone for building, but stoneworking generally. And we found Lots of evidence of this in small quarries around the countryside, around Nazareth and within the bounds of present Nazareth, which were outside the ancient settlement. Now, on the cover of your book, which is written for the general reader, which uh, which is excellent, but there's a sort of stone doorway. So is this what you found? Because, I mean... <laughs> It's not the sort of place where uh, a, a current uh, person trying to sell you a house would show you. It doesn't look very costly. It looks austere. Is this what you found? In the centre of Nazareth, where the ancient settlement, where, where the first century settlement of Nazareth itself was, you know, above ground buildings had been found, identified by other archaeologists when we began work in 2004. And therefore, it was a surprise, but a pleasant surprise, that we could identify a well-preserved village house from the early first century, or at least from the first century, that is on the cover of the book. It was well-preserved because, unlike normal buildings, like normal buildings of that time, it was cut back into a limestone hill. And so things that would have been built up of 
um, stones and mortar elsewhere were carved into the rock in this specific location, just freeze. And that, that doorway is carved in, into the natural rock. And the wall uh, beside it has a flight of stairs still perfectly preserved up to the, what would have been the roof of the house. And that would have, of course, normally um, fallen down if it was made out of uh, stones and mortar. And you'd have the usual uh, sort of foot high walls that you you get on archaeological sites. Can you extrapolate from what you saw, what you found, anything of the way of life or even the belief structure? Because we're in a Jewish area. Is there any echo of that? There's lots of evidence for um, how people lived and what they believed. To take how they lived, we've found lots, lots of um, stone objects which indicate um, the domestic life of people, um, how they cooked, how they uh, religious practices at the time, uh, especially a series of stone vessels carved in limestone, which were used for religious purification because the limestone vessels were not believed to acquire impurities, uh, ritual impurities, in the same way as pottery, for example, would. So if you wanted really pure water to wash yourself with in a religious context, or even to drink, that was believed to be possible by using limestone vessels. And we found those in that house and more widely in the valley and They've been found more widely in Nazareth itself. Yeah. So here we have evidence of a Jewish community living in quite a comfortable way in first century Nazareth. And were those people in this small community, were they sociable with the other people around? Or were they? Uh, did they consider themselves so special that they couldn't sully themselves by, by interaction with the others? There's a contrast between the sort of objects we find in Nazareth and in the part of the valley, which I've been talking about, close to Nazareth, and those on the far side of the valley, there's a Roman town called Sepphoris. Now, Sepphoris of the Findal towns, open to things from and people from all over the empire, but it was predominantly a Jewish community. The explanation is that the people on the Nazareth side of the valley and in Nazareth were practicing a particularly strict form of Judaism, which at that time um, would have excluded objects and ideas from outside the Jewish community, from their neighbours in Sepphoris in this way. Do you get... Can you infer from what you saw what family life was like? And can we infer what Mary, Joseph, Jesus, what their life was like? Or indeed, presumably, there were other siblings. What, what, can, you, what can you tell me? We can say quite a lot about family life as a 
generality in first century Nazareth and in Galilee in the first century overall. Families lived in multi-generational households in a communal way, in um, rooms um, that were divided between different functions, but they also um, spent much of their time in the immediate vicinity of the house where outside spaces and indeed the space on flat roofs, the type that the um, stairs that I mentioned earlier went up to, um, were used for activities which we might imagine would occur inside. So that's something of family life and a family life in which activities, whether it was weaving or farming activities, were quite sharply differentiated between men and women, with men doing some things and women doing other types of activities. So you can get gender roles from your work. You can see how the genders were differentiated. Yes. Yes, it, because we have written evidence for this period, which we can tie into different types of objects. So for all, we know that weaving or spinning were specifically female activities, particular rooms in particular areas being used by women. And these activities that were seen as female activities were being practiced in that community so that obviously there were women doing those things but more than that we can differentiate between the association between women and the household and men potentially at least and the external world of farming activities and so forth this doesn't mean to say that women played no part in and farming activities, or indeed that men played no part in the household um, activities. But there was something of a division there, it seems. Um, gender roles, religious beliefs, um, cultural attitudes, social differences, economic activities, they can all be reconstructed using archaeological evidence, sometimes in relation to what we know from written sources elsewhere. So you go in as an archaeologist, not a biblical archaeologist. If if a believer, if a Christian reads this book in conjunction with the Gospels, is there a misalliance or do you find uh, everything that you have found out is congruent with what the Gospels write? There's nothing at all um, in that book, um, in my book, or in um, the archaeology of Nazareth that is in any way inconsistent with what it says about um, Nazareth or Jesus's early life in the Gospels. We can't directly prove things about Jesus using this evidence, but we can say a lot about the context in which Jesus's early life was spent and a lot more about that context 
than you can find in the Gospels. But certainly there's nothing about the archaeological evidence or about my book which would in any sense be inconsistent with the Christian Gospels. What? I mean, you obviously have a passion for this, Ken. Yeah, I mean, it, it touches your soul. Um, have all of the answers that you took to Nazareth, have they been answered? Actually, we, we do know uh, a lot about the origins and early growth of Nazareth as a pilgrimage centre, which was what I was there to find. But we know a huge amount about the background to that in first and second and third century Nazareth, which is an absolute bonus. I mean, I certainly never expected to find that. And we have found quite a lot of evidence about what happened to Nazareth in later centuries as well. So it's been hugely more than I could ever have expected to discover and with much wide connections for the first century, hence writing a book on archaeology of Jesus's Nazareth to spread knowledge, if you like, uh, increase knowledge of those um, discoveries among interested people who are not archaeologists who maybe would never normally read a book on archaeology, but have an interest in either the Bible or religious history or that region of the world. Um, one last question. When you went as a Western academic and you banged on the door of the Sisters of Nazareth, uh, did they look at you quizzically or did they welcome you they, with open they, arms? They welcomed us with open arms, actually. Um, I was expecting, um, when I when I first went to the Sisters of Nazareth, I was expecting them to be very, very reticent to even let an archaeologist on their premises. But they were quite different to what I'd expected. The um, superior, the head nun, bounded up to me speaking <laughs> colloquial fluent english um saying oh you're the archaeologist come in for a cup of tea and i said well you know i generally drink coffee in the middle east um, <laughs> and um she said oh no i know i know what you mean i lived for a year in london she was austrian um i lived for a year in london um we've got We've got English tea here. We make it with milk. <laughs> so now the book is out. Jesus is Nazareth. Is this um, the end of a paragraph in your archaeological life? Absolutely not. I shall be going back to um, do more work <laughs> on early Christianity in Israel. Um, that, I think, will be um, something that I will continue um, doing. Um, but... I'm sure I shall also work on wider and um, non-religious topics, such as the end of the Roman Empire and the economy of the Roman world, which um, are, are really only tangentially to do with um, the history of um, first century Christianity. You sound like a man who's never bored, Ken. Oh, I'm not bored. I have a wonderful job. <laughs> the Archaeology of Jesus is Nazareth is published by Oxford University Press and it's by Ken Dark. Professor Dark, lovely to talk to you. Thank you.
Pleasure. Thank you for having me.